Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to Episode 2 of Connection, Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection, Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so excited about today's episode. We are going to be talking about a book, specifically The Thousandth Floor by Catherine McGee, and it's a book that I really enjoyed, and I am just, again, super excited to get to talk about it. So I'm going to be talking about the different issues that come up in The Thousandth Floor, and I'm going to be sharing how the characters in the book navigate those issues and how those issues are resolved within the plot or not resolved, uh, because it is definitely the first in a series of three books. So um, that is kind of the outline of the show today. But I also want to let you know that um, I have a freebie today, and it is kind of my dish on The Thousandth Floor and some questions that you can use to guide a discussion that you might want have with your teen about the book. Because um, again, there are tons of issues in it that I'm going to be going over. It's one of the reasons I picked the book because there are just so many things that it touches on. And for those of you who are not able to read the book, you can definitely still use the the freebie that I'm I've provided for today to go through those questions and have a great discussion with your teen, you know, letting them know that you haven't read it, but you still want to talk about it. Um, Also, I would just encourage you to hang in till the end of the show, because number one, I am going to share what happens in the book with regard to the specific issues that questions that I've created address. So I'm going to be going kind of through each section of that. And also because number two, at the very end, I'm going to talk about some bonus issues that are not included on the freebie and give you questions that relate to those issues, again, that are not um, included on the freebie. I hope you do decide to download that freebie because there are definitely some things on the dish for the thousandth floor that um, are not going to be included here in the podcast. Um, Specifically, I'm going to be talking about some of the highlights of the unique things that really stood out in this book for me and that I loved. So, So there you have it. I want you to listen to the podcast and download that freebie because there's lots of good stuff in each of them. Now, I do want to give a spoiler alert here because, again, I strongly encourage each of you to read The Thousandth Floor if you're going to discuss it with your kiddos. But if you haven't read the book and you plan to, I would stop the podcast now. Finish the book first and then come back to listen because there are definitely going to be some spoilers here and because it's really impossible to talk about all the different things in the book without giving some big plot points away. So if you want to read it, I'm going to wait a couple of seconds to let you go and um, I hope you come back at some point later and listen to the rest of the podcast so you can kind of get a feel for um, those specific issues and be able to talk to your teen about that. Okay, so let's get started. Um, First of all, I just have to say that this book pulled me in and it really kept me riveted the whole time. Um, I went through it pretty quickly because the world fascinated me. The characters drew me in and the mystery that kind of starts at the very beginning of the book in a prologue made it very hard to put down. So despite its setting in the future, the teens in this book are dealing with the same problems as our teen do today. And the story is set 100 years in the future in 2118 in New York City and it, although it's futuristic, it is definitely not a dystopian book. Um, the future is uh, different than what we see today, but it is definitely not um, a, 
a world of devastation or anything like that. It's just what uh, Catherine McGee thinks the world will look like 100 years from now. The main feature of the book is the tower. Of course, that's where the, the title, The Thousandth Floor, comes comes from because the this tower has a thousand floors. It has changed the New York skyline, and it covers up most of Manhattan with its footprint, and it actually leaves a lot of the nearby boroughs in um, in its shadow, and the book touches on that a little bit and talks about how the New Yorkers have responded to that. There are still neighborhoods outside the tower. There are cities outside the tower, but this two-mile-high structure is a self-contained community. And the way that it's structured is that the bottom of it, that footprint that I talked about a second ago, is huge. It takes up a lot of Manhattan. But each successive floor, as it gets higher, gets smaller. So whereas the bottom floors are like, you know, lots of narrow streets um, within the building and lots and lots of apartments, the top floor is actually just large enough for one penthouse suite. So that's kind of the, the physical structure of the tower. And socially, the culture within the book kind of follows the same design as the tower because the wealthy elite live in the top 200 to 300 floors, I would say. And the bottom floors, like the first 100 to 250 floors or so, are the people who have lower incomes. It is much more crime ridden there. Um, streets are smaller. Apartments are smaller. There are interior apartments that don't have real windows. And it's very cramped in the way that she describes it. And in between, you have what they call mid-tower suburbia. So I just really love how she set this whole scenario up. Now, the other thing, again, that grabbed me in this book is the mystery. And the book starts out with a girl falling from the very top floor of the tower, which um, the tower being a thousand stories tall, just to kind of give you a mental image of that. If you took every tall building that's in the world today and stacked them on top of one another, it still wouldn't be as tall as this tower that's 100 years in the future. And the girl who's falling in that first little prologue, it's she knows it's going to take her about three minutes to from the time she falls till she hits the ground. So she has some time to think and reflect on her life as she goes down. And those are that's what we're reading is those thoughts that she has. So the way that Catherine McGee built each of the characters within the story, I truly did not know who was going to be the one who was falling off of the tower. Um, there are five main characters in the book, and the chapters rotate between those five. They each have very distinct voice, distinct separate voices. And I had to actually go back to the prologue after I finished the book to kind of put it all back together and see, once I knew who had died, how it all fit together. Okay, so again, I chose this book because there are tons of issues, and I'm not going to necessarily hit on every single one because there are lots, but these are the ones that I'm going to focus on in this episode of Connection Not Perfection. We're going to talk a little bit about academic pressure in the book and addiction, dating and sex, drugs and alcohol, friendship, grief, and then socioeconomic disparity. So those are the things that I'm going to go through and I'm going to highlight the the those themes and how they play out in different plot points of the novel. So starting with academic pressure, one of the main characters, her name is Lita Cole, and we find out at the beginning that when she was in the seventh grade, she moved from mid-tower suburbia 
up into the higher floors and starts going to a higherly school. So she's in middle school. She's going to this brand new school where the kids are a lot wealthier. They seem to be a lot more sophisticated and she feels a little bit lost. And so she starts using some drugs that she finds in her mother's cabinet to help her study, to make her sharper as far as having um, quick comebacks in, co- in social conversations at the school um, because everything is just a lot more cutthroat and the drugs help her really cope with the changes that she's having to walk through. So um, that's one area where academic pressure is really highlighted and pointed out and is a great place to talk about the kind of academic pressures that our teens face today. And I again, I have some questions about that. There's also a character who lives on one of the lower floors named Rylan Myers. She's another main character. She's one of those five uh, main narrators of the story. And she actually has dropped out of school completely because she is an orphan. And um, both of these girls, by the way, are 17. And um, as an orphan at 17, she actually had herself declared as an adult so that she could keep her 14-year-old sister with her so that neither of them would be put into foster care. So she had to drop out of school and she works a couple of jobs um, to be able to take care of them. And her sister really encourages her to go back to school, but she just doesn't feel like it's an option for her. Another really big theme in this book is addiction because, um, again, Lita Cole, the one who um, moved up to the higher floors as a middle schooler, she is an addict. And at the beginning of the book, she is returning home from a summer in rehab. And she keeps her addiction and recovery a secret from her friends. And for a lot of the book, we are really watching her struggle to kind of reintegrate into her life and to handle the stresses that she's experiences and manage the pull of her addiction as well. And Within that, her best friend is a girl named Avery Fuller, and um, Avery is a character who lives actually in the very top floor. Her father is the one who built the tower, and so Avery is a very popular, sought-after friend, and when Lita returns and she keeps her addiction and um, her rehab a secret, she feels really isolated because of that and then some other reasons that I'll share in a minute here. And then she also feels like her parents are just constantly on her back because they're watching her like a hawk because they were really um, stunned by the revelation that she was an addict. So Lita actually transfers her addiction um, kind of qualities to Atlas Fuller, who is Avery's older brother, her adopted brother. Now, Lita is in love with Atlas, but she really can't figure him out. And so kind of you see her addiction kind of being focused in on Atlas and becoming an obsession with him. She ends up hiring a dark web hacker to keep track of him. And just that becomes her whole focus for the book. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about that this segues nicely into it is um, the dating relationships and sex that are in the book. Because truthfully, the relationships in the book are somewhat kind of soap operatic. And they're very convoluted. Like there's, um, there's also quite a bit of sexual activity. There's nothing that's super explicit, but it's definitely there and implied. And what you need to know is that there are several interlocking love I don't want to say triangles because I would actually call them quadrangles. So really those are between, uh, the first one is kind of between Avery, Atlas, 
Lita and and then a boy named Watt who actually ends up being the dark web hacker that Lita has hired but she doesn't realize that at first so between the four of them there are lots of kind of crisscrossed relationships going on and then also between Rylan, who I mentioned earlier, the dropout, who's taking care of her sister, and then a girl named Eris, who is from the higher floors, and then a boy who is a drug dealer named Haral, who is from the lower floors, and then a boy named Cord, who is from the upper floors. And between the four of them, there's a lot of crisscross as well. There's also a relationship between the girl named Eris and one of her lowlier neighbors, who is a girl named Mariel. Um, I, I would say that within this story, Eris's sexuality is fluid. So that is definitely an issue that you can talk about with your teen um, as part of this book. And then the really scandalous relationship is the one between Avery and her adopted brother, Atlas, because Avery is secretly in love with her brother. He's been gone for a year and he's just now come back. And so you really kind of see how her attraction to him plays out. The fact that her best friend is in love with him as well, which we'll talk about a second here when I talk about friendship and um, and just the fact that they know that their love is forbidden, but it's still there. Okay, drugs and alcohol are used liberally throughout the book, from Lita's flashbacks to when she was living as an addict, to the point in the book where she does end up relapsing, as well as instances where parents in the book, especially the highlier parents, provide alcohol um, very casually to their teens and to the friends of their teens. Um, there are drug deals that are that are described. There are characters for, who are known for having drugs available kind of at their rowdy parties. Um, I would say that these mind-altering substances, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever, smoking, it comes up a couple of times, are very much a part of the tower culture. So that is um, something that could be discussed. Now, to friendship, I would say a lot of the book is is focused on the friendships between the different characters. Um, the friendships between the Hylier girls seem somewhat superficial and they seem based on power and prestige rather than loyalty or affection. Avery, um, as I mentioned before, as the resident of that top floor, she's kind of the queen bee because of her manufactured beauty. Her parents have actually kind of had her genetically engineered to be the most flawless, beautiful girl in the world. And, um, and between that and her status as the daughter of the tower's creator, she's definitely the queen bee. Eris is one of her um, good friends. And Eris actually ends up having to move from a very high floor down to a very low floor unexpectedly. And when that happens, she kind of loses her status within Avery's group. Not Avery necessarily, but just within the group and is kind of devoured by them. Now, as Avery's best friend, Lita, is she feels, I would say, desperate and isolated when Avery starts pulling away from her and she doesn't understand why Avery is pulling away from her. And of course, it's because Avery is in love with the same boy that she is. And so it creates some conflict. And because Lita doesn't understand or know that they are um, in love with the same boy, Avery just really doesn't make sense to her and she starts to get more stressed out and more angry which again is not good for her addiction their secrets really are are tearing them apart because Avery's not telling her who she's in love with and she's not telling Lita is not telling Avery that she has an addiction so 
There's that. Now, Rylan, who is one of the lowlier girls, ends up working for Cord, who lives in the higher part of the tower. And Cord is also an orphan. And so they end up having a really great friendship kind of for a a large part of the book. And we'll talk more about them in just a little bit. And then uh, the friendship between Muriel and Rylan is very different than any of the friendships Eris has had with her Hylier friends because Mariel is very authentic and she has integrity and um, she really serves as a moral compass within the story. Grief is another issue that comes up in the book. Again, Rylan and Cord are both orphans and they really bond over that grief. And What's really beautiful about their relationship is that it's an emotion, the grief is an emotion that really transcends all of their socioeconomic differences. And once they realize that they're more alike than they are different, um, just watching their relationship grow and change is, is beautiful. Eris also grieves throughout the story and changes a lot. And hers is not a grief for um, a death, but rather a grief because her life has changed so much. She finds out pretty close to the beginning of the book that she is the product of an affair and that her mother had like 17 or 18 years ago. Her father did not realize that or the man she thought was her father. And when he finds out, he um, rejects her completely, which is unexpected to her. She, I think she thought that while her, this man would reject her mother, he would still love her and take care of her, which he did not. So she and her mom have to move down to a lower floor and it just completely rocks her world because she is definitely that character who is boiled and selfish and very self-focused. Socioeconomic disparity is very much highlighted in the book. The difference between life at the top of the tower versus life in the lower floors is very drastic. It's kind of the same juxtaposition between crime-ridden urban neighborhoods and wealthy gated neighborhoods. The character Watt, who is the dark web hacker, is able to overcome those differences. He kind of moves between the two worlds because he has a highly illegal quantum computer that is that he's created that is implanted in his brain. And he calls this computer Nadia. And not only does Nadia help him um, on dark web hacking jobs and things like that, where he can earn extra money. So he has income to kind of keep up with the Hyliers, even though he lives on the lower floors with his family. Nadia also feeds him information about the people he encounters so that he also fits in socially on Uh, the upper floors because he appears to be charming and witty and very informed and intelligent because he has this computer that's constantly whispering into his ear. At the end of the book, the mystery is solved when we see Lita accidentally push Eris from the roof above Avery and Atlas's penthouse. Avery, Ryland, and Watt are all witnesses But because Lita knows a huge secret about each of them, she blackmails them all into reporting that Eris was drunk and she fell. So the secrets are Avery is in love with her adoptive brother. Rylan actually has stolen something from Cord and uh, Lita found out about that. And then Watt has this very highly illegal computer that's implanted in his head. And if anyone in this society is caught with a quantum computer, they're put in jail immediately for life. Like there's, that's all, you know, cut and dried. It's a very cut and dried thing. So the book ends at Eris's funeral, where Mariel is vowing to get justice for Eris. She knows that Eris wasn't drunk. 
And she knows that something is really fishy with the explanation. So you kind of end on a little bit of a a cliffhanger there because you know that Mariel is going to be looking for who caused Eris to fall or pushed her or or whatever happened. She's going to be looking for the truth. So those are all of the issues that I have questions associated with on um, the dish on the thousandth floor freebie that I have available for you. But because you've stayed till the end, I also have a little bonus for you. And there are three more issues that I'm going to discuss. And I am going to kind of go through those right now. Here are these bonus issues and questions for those of you who have stuck with me to the very end here. Um, First, you have parent relationships. So it was very interesting to me that within the book, Uh, Most of the parents were either out of the picture for some reason, or they had passed away, or they were just very uh, unengaged, disengaged with their kids. Um, For instance, Avery's parents kind of were not engaged with her because they expected her to be perfect. They couldn't see her for who she really was. And Ryland's parents and Cord's parents are, of course, um, deceased. Lita's parents feel so guilty because they missed the signs of their daughter's addiction and because it was the mother's drugs that she first used that their relationship is is, um, not very good and they seem to be very impotent and ineffective. And then Eris feels betrayed both by her mother who had an affair um, years ago and kind of kept it all hidden so that it blew up both of their lives at this point. And then she also feels betrayed by... Uh, the man she thought was her father, the one she thought would love her, even though he wasn't her biological dad. And then also, when she finds out who her biological father is, he wants to keep her a secret because she actually knows who his um, daughter is, who happens to be her same age. And he wants to keep um, Eris a secret from his wife and other kids. And with Watt, his parents are not very engaged with him because they have some younger si- younger kids and his younger siblings really take up all of their time. So um, with that, the questions that I have about those parent relationships are these. With each character, one or both parents were dead, away, or unengaged. Were the characters' relationships with their parents realistic? Why or why not? And if you had to choose one character's parents to be yours from the book, whose would you choose and why? The next issue that I'm going to highlight is faith. Now, there was one character in the book that had any kind of facet of faith, and that was Mariel. When um, Eris is feeling really down because she has had to move down to the lower floors and she's lost her friends, Mariel actually ends up taking her to church with her family and herself. And during this church service and watching this family that has such faith, Eris is profoundly affected and you really see her um, have an inward shift where she's moving from being that spoiled, shallow socialite to someone who really has a depth of character. So the questions for um, the faith piece of this, the faith issue would be, what role did spirituality play in each character's story, if any? And how did Mariel's family impact Eris, spiritually speaking? And then the final issue that I'm going to highlight is justice. Because in the book, Mariel was really the one true North character. She um, 
She never compromises her integrity. She stands up for what's right. Um, in fact, it really ticked her off that Eris let her biological dad um, buy her off. So her biological dad is going to pay for her to move back up to the higher parts of the tower in return for her silence about who they are to each other. And that just infuriated Mary Ellen. She did not feel like it was right. And in the end, she is the one who determines to find justice for Eris and, and the death. So... My question there with the justice is, how is Mariel different from the other characters in the book? What do you predict she'll do in the next book of the series? So those are those three extras that I have for you since you stuck with me, parent, parent relationships, faith, and justice. The other issues that I highlighted, just to kind of run back over those again, are academic pressure, addiction, dating and sex, drugs and alcohol, friendship, grief, and socioeconomic disparity. So I hope that this information on the thousandth floor has been helpful for you. I hope that it is something that you can take. And if your teen has read this book, I hope it's something that you can um, have a great conversation with them about it. If you haven't read it, again, I encourage you to pick it up or to download it. It's a really great read. And I will have links to it and also to its sequels within my show notes. I think The Dazzling Heights, the second book in the series, is out. And the third book is going to be coming out, I believe, in August. Also, I just want to let you know that in my show notes, I'm also going to include a link to Catherine McGee's website because she also has some really great book club questions. Um, they're different than the ones that I'm going to have on my freebie sheet. So it, it would be in addition to the those questions that I'm providing. And her site is really fun anyway, because it gives some background information about how she came up with the tower, and um, what gave her the ideas and all that kind of good stuff. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you'll tune in with me next week. And in the meantime, from an ish girl who loves, loves, loves to read, it's all about connection, not perfection.